0: Hello and welcome to Technology Services Success, a podcast by CompTIA's Technology Lifecycle Services Community.
1: Good morning. My name is Sue Kropbauer and I am the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing at Techadox. And I also have the privilege of serving as the Vice Chair of CompTIA's Technology Lifecycle Services Community. Today, I'm here with Kathy Ketcher, who is the founder of Career Life Alliance Services, co founder of the Smart Workplace, and has worked for over 30 years consulting with business on workforce transformation. She is a faculty member at World of Work, teaching organizational cultural change along with other key competencies that organizations need to stay relevant in the fast changing world of work. A leader in the field of workplace flexibility, Kathy was an early pioneer in leveraging technology by creating the very first online workplace flexibility tracking system. And as a matter of fact, just this past month, she was recognized as a 50 over 50 award winner in the area of life balance, as well as was a key speaker at the 2018 The Work Beyond Summit held in New York City. As a frequently requested global speaker, Kathy shares her expertise with us today in developing highly functional teams and organizations by optimizing your cultural business strategy. Good morning, Kathy. Happy to have you here with us. Good morning,
2: Sue. Thanks so much for inviting me in this important conversation. I'm really looking forward to our discussion.
1: Great. Um, Just a couple of quick stats to kind of tee us up for our conversation here today. Um, the IT sector is the largest employer of IT occupations. So about 44% of positions within the IT sector are in in actual IT related or what I would call traditional IT occupations. But the remaining 56%, so more than half of occupations in the IT sector are comprised of sales, marketing, finance, HR, research and development, and other related positions. So when you think about IT, most folks think a little bit about, you know, it's going to be the guy or the gal that's working on your computer or working in the server room. But in reality, IT touches every facet of an employee and an employer organization. It is really the backbone that that allows people to work. When we think about that, however, there is, there is a very critical pressure in this IT industry. Recent studies report that there are more than a quarter million open job requisitions in the IT industry here today in the United States. CompTIA, the Computer Technology Industry Association, reported that just in September, the top five occupational postings numbered at over 151,000 open positions across the industry. And as a matter of fact, these first eight months in 2018, employment has continued to expand on top of that by an estimated 58,000 positions. So as you can see, Kathy, we continue to have an employment gap. It continues to widen. It's creating a mission-critical pressure on the IT industry for employers and employees to really rethink the way we work, how we provide new and innovative, flexible options, how we recruit retain and attract an IT professional. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about and and tap into your expertise in the area of workplace innovation and see if we can't give some good solid tools and takeaways to our audience here today on how to address this workforce gap and how to um, continue to grow their business. You know what, Sue?
2: Those numbers are the exact reason that my son has a degree in IT (laughs) because there's not going to be a job shortage, certainly not in our lifetime and not for, I'm gonna guess, several more lifetimes. You know, when I think of IT, I think of it as our industrial revolution's manufacturing because manufacturing was back in the you know 1800s, early 1900s and all the way through the 60s, it was the backbone of industry. You know, Mm -hmm. it's why work was done. So technology is, is that, you know, kind of replacement for manufacturing. It is the infrastructure in which we all now live and work. And the IT industry certainly isn't alone. I work with organizations everywhere in a variety of practices, um, insurance and healthcare. Everybody's kind of feeling this squeeze. So the question is, what are you doing today that perhaps, is not working, what's not giving you the best brand that you could have? And I wanna actually ask you back, Sue, as you think about it, because you're in the IT industry, I just visit, mm-hmm. I visit and then I go back <laughs> home, um, but you're in it. So as you look across your industry, what you know, trends or branding or images do you see today?
1: Good question. As I think about the image of the IT industry, What comes to mind for most people that I talk to that are not involved in the IT industry, that is coders, you know, sitting in front of a computer all day or working inside of a huge server room or running around um, like a geek squad and going out into people's homes and fixing laptops and desktops. And while that is certainly part of the IT industry, that is not the width and breadth of the industry. So as we talked about it being the backbone of the industry outside of those traditional pocket protector type um, roles that that our young people and people outside of the industry um, really generalize IT. We're talking about project managers. We're talking about building infrastructure and, and gamification where you're taking everyday tasks and, and creating it in another way to make it interesting. And our young people in the industry or you know young people who are considering careers in this industry don't realize that it's it's so much more than what they what they had thought about not only is it so much more than what they what they imagined it could be but the IT industry is also really on the cutting edge sometimes the bleeding edge of innovation in the way we work as well remote workers independent contractors all of these different modalities of work are are really almost been driven, if not created, by the IT industry. And so I think that there's this perception that we need to address in order to bring this talent into the IT workplace and address that workforce gap.
2: You know, just from hearing you talk and my own impressions of IT and my son's experience in IT, I my thought is IT is kind of having an identity crisis. You know, who are they and what do they want to bring to the individual who's looking for that job. They've already kind of identified, okay, IT is going to be the best career for me, but what's going to be the best company for me? And that's where IT organizations really have to step back and rethink our brand as an employer. Are we an employer of choice? You know, I'm sure everybody has the usual, we have the benefits, we have the compensation, but when it's this When there's this much stress on an industry, you have to go above and beyond what you offer and how you communicate with your potential new hires.
0: In an era of perpetual disruption, much of it propelled by breakthroughs in business technology, access to industry insights and expertise is more essential than ever. So is CompTIA. We're your nonprofit global tech association, connecting leading innovators with the experienced technology solution providers who together are actively redefining the state of business technology. If your business builds, sells, influences, or drives the adoption of technology, CompTIA is the place for you. We help you and all the levels of your organization succeed through unbiased industry insight, credible guidance, and supportive collaborations that help you transform the way you do business. Become a member today at CompTIA.org register.
2: Some of the things that come to mind, first of all, is um, thinking about non-traditional workforces. I just was at a conference last week and I had the opportunity to hear a smart woman from IBM and they have a whole new initiative and it's called the New collar Worker. New Collar Worker, and I thought, that is so, New Collar Worker, very interesting. Under the New Collar umbrella is an apprenticeship program. And for the first time in who knows how long, IBM is not asking for degree professionals. And Mm. if you think about, if you think about so many of the roles in IT, ask yourself, do they need the four-year degree? Do we all have to get out of our own way? when it comes to thinking about qualified candidates, get out of our own way and open our doors and let's see what's out there. You know, there's plenty of people who haven't had the opportunity to become degreed, who didn't have the learning ability to become a four-year, you know, graduate. You know, all kinds of things can get in an individual's way. So as an organization, and I talk a lot about flexibility and lots of people jump in. Well, that's flex time and remote work and blah, blah, blah. But first and foremost, flexibility is being flexible in everything that you do. And that includes qualifying your candidates. So, Sue, when you think about, you know, the qualifications required, do you feel like that might be a barrier
1: inside some organizations or do you see that loosening up? Well, it's certainly, you're certainly dovetailing right into the mission of CompTIA. They're not only the the leading um, industry association and, and thought leadership think tank for research in this industry, but the backbone of CompTIA is our certifications. So A-plus certification, right. server mm-hmm. s- server network plus, et cetera. And, and that we have, our foundation has IT-ready programs across the country where we are providing, providing opportunities for for IT for folks to get into the IT profession with or without that four-year degree there, we're, we're providing a roadmap to um, to give people a career in IT, a lucrative career in IT mm-hmm. and doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a four-year degree. but do I think the employers still I think HR departments are still knocking people out just from their HRIS program software if it doesn't have a four-year degree, goes off to the side. So I think you've really hit a nugget there where we really need to start thinking about matching qualified skills to a position, not necessarily the learning. So certification Mm -hmm. time, the types of products that they've worked on, the types of work that they have done and skill sets they have versus do you have a four-year degree? What was your GPA?
2: Mm-hmm, right and what organizations really forward-thinking organizations are doing they're not even looking for qualifications they're that desperate they're just looking for people with a pulse and then they're shooting for alignment with their culture and then they're bringing them in and training them up because today there's a, there's plenty of disenfranchised workers out there who are casting about looking for the right opportunity and I think there is a A big miss when organizations can, as well they should, they go to those college fairs and they go to the job fairs and all the shiny new graduates are parading up and down and taking your brochures. That's great, but you've got to look in other places. You've got to look um, at populations, Uh, veterans populations, experienced workers are looking for opportunities. They want to stay engaged. They want to learn new things, but they don't want to do it 60 hours a week. So it goes back to the employer. Rethink your value proposition and make the value proposition different for the different audiences. Your young professional wants a very different experience than your 58 year old experienced worker who just wants to come in, bring value, and go home at the end of maybe not even an eight hour day. So it's very challenging for um, for professionals at this time, because we are all so consumed with our daily demands of work that we rarely have the time or take the time to step back and think differently about what we look like from the outside. So along with you know, some unique ideas like getting rid of your, uh, some of your requirements for employment, I always encourage organizations, there's so many that are married, they love FTE. I love FTE, full-time employed, that's how we operate. We budget for FTE, one, two, three, you know, see if you can step away from that and start offering part-time. There's so many people who say, you know, if I could just have an opportunity to work while my kids are in school or um, evenings or weekends, you know, lots of, you know, getting yourself out of the the nine to five bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can do that also by creating really robust workplace flexibility strategies. And I, I think Everybody is familiar with them, so I don't have to run down the list of what they are. And actually, since the probably the late 70s, early 80s, most organizations have been offering flex time where you can kind of um, come in earlier, stay late. But technology, technology has enabled most organizations to have their people work from anywhere. So they have the exact tools they need to do their very best work, whether it's in, you know, the head office, whether it's in the airport, and whether it is in their home. But again, we run into some barriers. People are worried, how do I know they're working? You know, communication is certainly different when everything you say and want to share is filtered through a digital machine, right? So there's a whole skill set that needs to be introduced when you, you know, as, as people become more dispersed.
0: CompTIA benefits provide members with a wealth of resources that, when leveraged, result in measurable impact, helping to grow IT businesses and careers. Become a member today at CompTIA.org slash register.
2: When I work with organizations, every time we go in and we're going to start a, a workplace flexibility strategy, I always say, let's start with IT because they get it.
1: Right. <laughs> they, know,
2: they, know, they know how to use their tools. You don't have to do a lot of, up, you know, upskilling when it comes to the technology, but you do have to start from scratch when it comes to the um, soft skills, the soft skills that leaders need to help their teams feel like they belong, to connect, you know, make them use the video, um, all kinds of uh, activities that, that, um, that managers need to, competencies, I will say. There are many competencies that managers who are leading dispersed teams must learn in order to be effective in uh, in uh, today's workplace.
1: So, one of the things that that. I think is is a very interesting turn here we're taking in this conversation. And it is in the IT service delivery, which the technology lifecycle services community that I am vice chair of, we are comprised primarily of the IT organizations that are delivering those IT services out into the, the business community. So the remote worker or workers who are being deployed into the field or or being embedded inside of a customer's campus, etc. You know, using everything from um, temp to hire, contingent workforce to independent contractors and and temp help have really been um, the lifeblood of the technology service delivery environment. And um, the the Bureau of Labor Statistics is talking about the fact that um, 16.5 million people across all industries, not just the IT are working in some sort of alternative work arrangements of that nature. So, so we're very, very familiar with working with those or, or, or tapping into those re- remote and alternative work. Um, um, metha- um what would you work call it? Culture work work styles. styles, right? So if we can take a little turn here and say, since you have been working with Fortune 500 companies across the globe on changing the way they work, on changing culture, on managing virtual workforces more effectively, can you give us some pearls of wisdom or some some takeaways here today that we could talk a little bit about and, and maybe use for practical application as we continue to try and not only recruit IT workers back into the field, but now we've got them here. How do we Keep them happy, and how do we continue to manage them, manage them effectively? Absolutely, um,
2: you know, it's so interesting. It is um, the life cycle from the first interview until until they leave the organization. That whole experience has to be today has to be more custom than ever. I know I did a little research before our um, conversation, Sue, and I was looking for industries with the highest turnover rates. And you know who's number one? Technology, no. yeah, they're number one ahead of, if you can imagine, retail. I mean, wow. Yeah, so this is this is kind of a new development. Technology turnover is much is much greater. So what what's going on? What is happening that these people are coming into a field and exiting um, quite rapidly? There's 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 a disconnect that needs to be addressed, and it's going to be a, probably a little bit different for every organization, but. The core principles of leading a team, especially in IT, where the pressure is great and teams are probably likely dispersed, perhaps global even, um, is number one, that trust is the operating system. Mm -hmm. And you you can't teach that, you can only build that. But leaders have got to be equipped with the knowledge to understand how to engage and begin to build trust. Stephen Covey had a great point where he said you, you know you don't need to earn trust just start with trust and you'll find out real quickly you know <laughs> whether or not that's going to work and it's better to know sooner or later if you have someone on the team or in the organization that isn't um that that isn't a high trust participant and then our, our second one um, principle is and I said it earlier technology is the enabler but people are the key People have uh-huh. got to use your technology. I know that anyone listening to this discussion is nodding in the head and saying, I know our people aren't using it as well as they should. It's like our brains. We use whatever, 10% of our brain. I'm using 20% right now, just to let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, that's the same with technology. We only use 10%. So what can organizations do to get people to adopt those nuances that technology brings us that really enhance our productivity? And our engagement. I mean, technology is amazing, and that's one of the things when I talk with teams. It's like get your technology house in order and use right. it right. What's well,
1: interesting, and I'll comment on the fact that um, I myself personally have been working, have been a remote worker for more than six years, and uh, managing a, dis- a, a a dispersed and diversified uh, team during that time frame, and I have found something as simple. As in a conference call, you know, a weekly conference call with your team, requesting that folks use their video mm-hmm. um, to that. create that face-to-face <laughs> connection. Oh, I know! It means we have to dress up, and you, you know, you can't be slouching around. And you your, can yourself. though. We just get used to it, <laughs> <laughs> like the
2: dog barking in the background. It happens. Make true. you know, just make it part of your life. <laughs> Very true.
1: But it it allows that personal connection to mm. your team is just one, you know, one key or, or one takeaway. Do you have any other um, as as far as being a manager, any oh. any takeaways that or or, or to dos or checklists, here's, you know, everyone loves the five things you can do to be a better yeah. manager.
2: Right. Well here's we'll call this the word of the day. Word of the day is intentional. <laughs> Managers must be intentional. When you're co-located with your team, you look up, you see Sarah and Bob and Jill, and you wave and you chat, and it's all good. And you, you know, jump over the, peek over the the cube farm, and all that's going on. And we know and understand how to connect. And for leaders who are leading dispersed teams, you really have to set the tone and drive the behaviors about how people connect and it starts with you and that means in the morning instead of walking down the hall and walking past your people you get on your skype for business and you ping how you doing how you doing hi anyone have questions today we're all good many um, smart leaders will even start their work week just a 15 minute stand-up video sue you hit the nail on the head you must use video hate it people just hate it but once you get used to it it's not so bad and you find that you don't Interrupt each other and you don't talk over each other because you can see that somebody's leaning forward and you know they have something to contribute. So you will stop speaking and give them the opportunity. Um, Intentionality is the most important thing when it comes to communication. That coupled with oh, clarity. Don't ever assume. Um, Clarity is also key. Clarity in your communications. Clarity in your digital communications. And a strategy around how do you wanna communicate. Okay team, let's set up some rules of the road. When we have a quick question, we're only gonna use Skype. No more email all with thank you and yes and quick question, no, 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 no. We are gonna do Skype for business for our quick questions. When we have email communications, if it takes more than two responses, you're picking up the phone and you're making a call. Um, number three if I send you an email I will either tell you this is an urgent and take a day or uh, we anticipate that if you get an email from me during a work day that you're going to respond within what what's your expectation one hour two hours clarifying those behaviors as a team uh, just reduces a lot of anxiety um, a a conflict you know get your rules of the road how your team wants to operate Um, it just uh, simplifies everything and When you bring a new hire on, they don't have to guess how you people roll, right? They can adopt, you can show them, this is how we do it, this is our expectation, you know, and your onboarding process is done. And you know, that's where most of your turnover is happening is in your onboarding. People are not being pulled into the team. They're not getting a sense of belonging. They're getting a laptop and getting pointed to a door saying, do, go do. It's not going to work. Not if you want to hang on to people. The time you spend up front, With this orientation, with building the connection, whether you're in the office or out, is going to pay dividends that you can't imagine in
1: the long run. Do you think do you think that this is a contributing factor to that turnover we were talking oh, about? Absolutely. Not only turnover out of the industry, which I know we were touching on, but I, I also know that there's there's quite a bit of, of discussion between colleagues in this industry about the the movement of of being able to keep and retain. So what I'm gonna call job hopping from one organization to another, the, the individuals who have the training that have the skill sets realize how valuable they are. And and what are your thoughts on on I think people don't leave a company if they feel they're part of something bigger than themselves. Especially when we start talking about the the, the younger professionals who are looking for looking for you know purpose and passion. You start mm-hmm. looking at some of the programs that employers are doing to to supplement or provide additional hours so that individuals can, can do volunteer work for things that matter. And those types of mm-hmm. what, what you call stop benefits really help to make a, a company sticky for that employee. Wouldn't you agree? I would totally agree. And, you know,
2: I was, um, I was at a conference this week, <laughs> and I heard an organization. It's actually a county. It's the largest county in Minnesota. And they have a new practice that engages every single employee and they are held accountable for knowing and living the company's mission. And they believe that has made a big difference in the culture, in the attitude, by adopting the mission of the organization. And I was blown away. Who does that? Who makes people? I mean, an entire initiative around learning the mission. It sounds, you know, like, yeah, that's that's swell. But the outcome was quite extraordinary. So, you know, it really goes back to that orientation, that onboarding experience. Here is, I don't want to, it's probably the wrong term. Here's the Kool-Aid, <laughs> you know, drink it. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, people need to drink in your culture and they need to internalize it. And if we have managers who are too harried or busy to do a good job, if we don't give them, if they're a remote person, if we don't give them an onsite buddy or some kind of a connection, that human connection, um, it's just, you know the experience is going to be less, and I liken it too. You know we can bring somebody into the organization, and it's like you know I, I'm getting a meal at a restaurant. You know here is your meal. There's no seasoning in it. It's still a meal, right? But it's Great. certainly not as good as it could be. It's the same with bringing people into an organization without, you know, without good proper onboarding, engagement, and strong management skills all the way down the road. Okay. You're just going to get Meal, It's not going to be great.
1: Well, Kathy, as we start to wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So I'm going to ask you to give one kind of word of wisdom or takeaway for two different people. The first is going to be that... That managed services provider, that owner or manager who is is trying to become or be a better manager, keep his people happy and 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 do a really good job for the company. You know what would be a potential takeaway for that individual or or a, a words of wisdom. And the same would be if you could take that from the individual employee or the IT service worker, whether they are a contractor or an actual W two employee. Can you give us a you know, looking at both of those two audiences that we're addressing Mm -hmm. here today, Mm -hmm. any words of wisdom for each one of those as kind of a a last parting thought? Oh,
2: sure. So when I think about leaders and when I participate in trainings and, and lead focus groups, I always ask the managers and leaders, I say, I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think back on who was your most amazing manager or leader in your life. And what were the skills that they brought to the table? And why did they resonate with you? And then reflect on yourself and say, am I doing that today? Am I bringing that to my people? And if the answer is no, you know, think about Okay. what do I need to do differently? Start from where you are and always work to get better. I think there's so many resources out there about developing your internal leadership skills Um, at the smart workplace. There's some assessments, too, that we have available that you can go and uh, understand where you are in your virtual leadership competencies. But it really is a reflective uh, process and then a, and then an intentional move forward and do better. That, that's my advice for managers. Okay. And, and as I think of the individual contributors who are out there, whether, again, whether they're uh, uh, in a remote situation, a blended or on-site office, um, your job today is to stay visible. It is not all about your leaders tapping you and pulling you in and asking if you're okay and asking if you have career plans. You take the bull by the horns, you stay visible in your organization, you make sure people understand how you are contributing. You make sure your leader knows what your intention for growth is. It is, you know, it's not a one-way road and people are kind of helping you down the road. This is, it's, it's your life, it's your career, it's up to you. So that's one thing that can happen, especially when people are working um, in isolation. They begin to feel like, well, nobody values me. Nobody's pinged me today. You can get a little sad, but you just have to remember this is your life. This is your career. It's your job to stay intentional and show them how amazing you are every day.
1: It is as much managing upward as it is managing downward. Exactly. Well, thank you, Kathy, so much for taking time with us here today to share some of your wisdom, your road warrior stories, and trying to bring some practical strategies to the IT industry, the managed services providers, and the employees that will be listening here today. Very much appreciate your time, and we would love to have you back sometime. Oh, that'd be great. And my wish for
2: everyone who listens to this podcast is in the rest of this day and going forward, if you want things to change... You've got to do something different. So think about what can you do different that's going to help people in your organization. Great.
1: Thank you, Kathy.
0: Thanks for listening to Technology Services Success, brought to you by CompTIA's Technology Lifecycle Services Community. Get more episodes of Technology Services Success on iTunes or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Learn about TLS and all of CompTIA's member communities at comptia.org communities.